ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. This is Patrick. I'm from San Jose, California. I'm just uh, always tuning into the Ascend podcast. Um, just want to send out uh, positive energy, um, thankfulness, peace, love, and always truth. Thanks. Yo, 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 people, how's it going? So, and thank you so much to Patrick for that message there. The audio message really is cool, sending them over, sending that over. And thank you as well so much. I know you just become a patron. It really means a lot and helps me to keep doing what I'm doing. Thank you so much. And if you also want to send over an audio a snippet for the beginning of the podcast all you need to do is basically do a 10 15 20 30 minute little audio snippet talking about what's your name what you're up to in the world where you're from what you normally what you're normally up to while you listen to the podcast and whatever else you fancy seeing it would be really cool to hear from you guys and it really gives a good understanding a gist of where all you guys are from in the world really does um paint a good con- concept and good um picture of the audience out there so please, if you can, send that over. You can. You don't have to use any fancy recording system. You can just use the recorder on your mobile phone or whatever else you find. And all you need to do is just send it over to, 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 to myself. You can send it over via my Instagram page, via the Send Podcast Facebook page, or you can go on the Send Podcast website and there is a contact form and you can send it over via that. Or you can alternatively send it to ascendbodymind at gmail.com and I will get it. So I'm looking forward to hearing them guys and I'll start putting up, putting some more of them at the beginning of the podcast. So like I mentioned, this week's podcast really is a cool one. It really was a trek, a long trek to get to this podcast. I, ha- I actually had to sleep over in the night before in my van halfway because it took about seven and a half hours to get here. So this was in a place called North Pembrokeshire in Wales. It really was a beautiful place. It was um, um the uh, the Matthew and Caris lived on a, such a beautiful plot of land. It was basically on the side of a mountain called, and I know I'm going to butcher this. It's called Kalarengi, I think, but I kind of pronounce it anyway. But it was overlooking a beautiful ocean in the North Pembrokeshire in Wales overlooking a beer called Newport beer I think it was in Wales such a beautiful place anyway and Matthew and Karis also live with their two children Elsa and Billy and Elsa also <laughs> did this podcast with us she sat beside us while we recorded this conversation she also chimed in it a few times and answered a couple of questions she spoke more sense than me to be honest <laughs> as that wouldn't take much while her brother Billy was asleep, and she really was well behaved, and she uh, was it was she was r- such a, a, a really nice little girl, and it was a pleasure. Uh, Matthew and Karis actually inviting me into their home and letting me sort of see their lifestyle, see what things they get up to, and it really was such a beautiful and magical place. And when and when I got obviously was there, and I was they were showing us around all the different processes and things that they're doing and the and the projects that they're working on. It really was such an empowering and inspiring thing. And as you know, I've spoke about this on the podcast in the past. This is definitely something that I've thought about doing, and it really is something with inside of me. That's a pull with inside of us. That's saying maybe this is something that I have to explore in the future. So it was really great to get an insight, and it really did sort of invigorate um the sort of the drive within me to maybe do this in the future and it was great inspiration anyway so just to give you guys a basic gist i want to just tell you about what off-grid living is if you don't know what off-grid living means so basically it's self-sufficiency it means that that matthew and Karis generate their own energy they harvest their own water they manage their own waste they grow their own food they don't have a mortgage they own their own land and 
the concept of off-gridding for me, off-grid living for me is really something that really is empowering. It really sort of gives the power back to you from all the different systems in the world that do govern us. And obviously it doesn't completely um, sort of the world that we live in now, you kind of completely get away from the system. But in my opinion, this is probably the best thing that we can do. We're never going to probably go back to the to the plains of hunter-gathering, but this is definitely something that is really in, in a line and I've mentioned this on a podcast before, but in the world, this to, for me, this is if you if we really want to make a change in the world, people talk about politics and doing this, blah de blah de blah, protesting on the street. For me, if you really want to make a stand on the planet, this is definitely something for me that I think would really sort of um, would really shift the paradigm because if everyone started living this way, it really would sort of cut a lot of crap out in the world and all these systems that govern us would really struggle to function in from this manner because if you start living this way as you know you take the power back in your hands so i think as i said as i said to matthew and Karis, i think in this podcast i mentioned about how some of the scariest people in the world actually aren't the people who are shouting the loudest it's people like these like themselves who are actually taking action buying their own land and being self-sufficient and i think that really is a powerful thing so i really respect that and I think it's really cool. So like I mentioned, this was in North Pembrokeshire and it's on a beautiful side of a mountain. It really was such a stunning view. I've also put some pictures in the show notes as well so you can see see um, what this place looked like because it really is breathtaking. And when I first arrived and draw and started and walk up, walk up to the house, visually it really is a cool place because what these guys have done is it's sort of, it's a collection of different things. So basically... Um, Every, any, anything that they accumulated over the last couple of years say they have a caravan they have a bit of wood they have some glass and it's all just sort of a collection of many different things that they've sort of found along the way and they've put it together in this beautiful house it really is such a stunning um ar- ar- like architecturally to look at it really is a cool thing so i definitely recommend checking out the pictures in the show notes and i just wanted to mention as well the place that they live on as well um it's, it's it really is just a normal mountain it um in the past it was just sort of a no it had normal um, mountain landscape and now obviously they've turned it into a completely um flourishing ecosystem and they say that they have no artificial uh, chemical input puts on the land no fertilizers no uh, pesticides no herbicides and they talk about how they say that natural biology uh, does all the work for them that they want they they also supply the local community from free range eggs ducks duck eggs um raw honey pumpkins so it really is a cool thing and on this and like i mentioned they live with their two children called elsa and billy and their cat wobbly i think it was called um chickens and bees and ducks and elsa was telling me um the little uh, matthew matthew and caris's little kid was telling us that she really loves the chickens and the bees and the ducks what was really cool as well, they were telling us about how Elsa can now identify a lot of the plants on the where they live. So I thought that was really cool. She blew my mind with some of the with with some of the understanding that she had about plants. She knew she knew more than me, so which is really cool. So anyway, I know you're going to love this podcast, and all I want to say is that if you can become a patron, it really would mean the world. It is the best place to support the podcast. All you need to do is donate two dollars a month, the price of a cup of coffee each month. Four podcasts for a cup of coffee each month. That's all it is. And and at the same time, you get access to bonus podcasts. You get access to a private Facebook group, and you're supporting a great thing, which is this podcast. So, please, if you can find it in your heart, all I'm saying is check out the Patreon page. So, anyway, thank you so much for listening to this podcast every week. It really means a lot. And I know you're going to love this conversation. I really did uh, dive really deep with Matthew and Karis. And I'm really grateful for allowing me to ask some of the questions that I did. Because as you will see in this one, I really did dive deep into the workings of how somebody can live off grid. So that you guys can really get a good understanding. So I know you're going to love this podcast anyway. Peace out.
first off, I want to say thank you so much for both of you inviting us to your beautiful home and with yeah. this beautiful view overlooking the what's that sea called? Yeah. That is Newport Bay. Newport Bay. Out there, yeah. What's and the, the river sea? River Nevern coming out there. It's the Irish Sea, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Be- so. Beautiful, um, spectacular view to be living in every single morning to be waking <laughs> up to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, yeah. It's really nice. I Reading. hope we don't ever take it for granted. Yeah. But maybe when we're 80 and still looking at it we will forget that it exists forget we never had it once yeah definitely I think the only time you're ever going to take that for granted if you were blind or something (laughs) 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 it's such a beautiful view (laughs) but um, anyway I just wanted to obviously say thank you so much for coming on the podcast it really is a pleasure and I wanted to have a conversation about sort of this style of living for a long time because a lot of my listeners always reach out and say I want to do this How, how can I live off grid sort of say and grow my own vegetables and live more sort of one with the land sort of say how did i mean i know obviously you didn't always live this sort of lifestyle but in the past what sort of how did what was your life in the past um pretty regular um we both uh, were working uh we're living in rented accommodation had bills and rent to pay hadn't got as far as a mortgage but um we were living the same kind of way as everybody else, I think. Yeah, yeah pretty regular. Yeah, yeah. I've never normal jobs anything. and stuff as well. Yeah, well, uh, we both trained as vets, um, but yeah. when we were living in Essex, which is where we were before we moved here, Karis was working a, as a vet, I was working as a film extra, because it was for more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so so what, what made you sort of decide to give that, give that sort of lifestyle up and change, and change up your life to live a life like you do now? Concerns about um, the uh, the future and how things might play out, and a desire to become a bit more self-reliant and immune from shocks to the the system. Like the system is what it is. If you 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 have a job, you rent or uh, paying a mortgage on a house and you buy your food from the supermarket and you invest your money or take out your loans from a bank um, that's fine until we have a major financial crisis like we did in 2008 or a big um, factor for us was the riots in 2012 mm-hmm. so we're in Romford Essex just a, a mile or so away from the 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 riots and thinking about what we should be be really be doing and then we're aware that supermarkets are only three or four days away from being completely empty because everything's on a um, very tight resupply schedules and um, and the warnings from scientists about the state of yeah. uh, the environment um, and the climate are if if they're generally bad and generally not bad enough in retrospect um, it all came together really yeah we just wanted to look after ourselves didn't we and well and also with the type of you know type of jobs we had work life balance was just non-existent really and um uh yeah just wanted to live a more simple life really get out of the rat race basically i wanted to build a den in the woods yeah and <laughs> live in it for the rest of my life and um and work a lot more with biology so we wanted trees and plants and bees and mm. chickens and weeds and um, wanted to be surrounded by green and life a lot more than we were when we were surrounded by concrete it's and tarmac concrete. and and um, all those things that you get if you live in a city yeah when you when you were saying before as well about the the aspect of the worry of like of the financial structure and um, mm. sort of I know I've had many people on this podcast talk about asteroids and stuff like that and natural disasters on the planet coming and and if, it, like you said, if most supermarkets have three days worth of food, if there was no sort of transport bringing that in, um, but it's, it's just really fascinating how us as a civilization we feel that because if you look at really everyone thinks that everything's sort of fine and dandy, nothing's mm. ever going to happen. We're going to have this constant flow of food and stuff. But like you said, one little thing that's going to happen and that goes out the window, and then what happens then? Civilization's mm. on a on a shoestring, really. Yeah, and then it's almost like every man for himself as well. Mm-hmm. So having land and and a house that that, you know we own and we're up here we're kind of kind of preempting the every man for himself bit and we're 
yeah we're sorted. not preppers in yeah, that yeah, sort of doomsday scenario we've got a room of cans <laughs> canned goods no, no, <laughs> but the, the scientists are saying Uzis and um, yeah. pistols yeah. and stuff yeah. oh we got the nuclear bunker is yeah. just underneath <laughs> us yeah no we haven't we're not like that so, but the scientists we're not on sort of conspiracy website yeah. theories here we're on scientists are saying business as usual will be a catastrophe um if you don't trust the scientists, who are you going to trust? Yeah, so yeah. they're saying it. The Not just that as well. Sorry, jump in as well. I mean, because obviously a lot of people are conspiracy-esque and they'll say, yeah, we can't trust the scientist. Because I know sometimes we can't trust the scientists. But for me, you can you can trust your intuition. Yeah. And you can walk outside and if you're in tune with the cycles of nature, you can feel the planet warming up. Yeah. And you can If you match up dates to certain things in your own own cycles in your mind you can see that something is shifting definitely oh the weather is totally bonkers yeah we're breaking records all over the place um we don't know whether we're going to have a drought or a flood in the summer here and this is i don't know i don't think this is what used to happen and that's what science is telling us that's what weather forecasters are telling us um the climate is getting more extreme if we carry on it's going to be there's going to be major issues and human society seems to be like one of those really mature ecosystems where everybody is so specialised if you alter the relationships between one co- any one component and any other component the chain uh, the, the effects down the chain of supply and like can dominoes. be yeah it can be mm. a chain reaction through the whole system and uh, subject to the whims of chaos theory really I yeah. guess that's where we are mm. I don't know what would break the camel's back and perhaps nobody does, but we'd rather not be. We'd rather be uh, ready for it. Yeah. yeah. So all we're doing is um, taking a bit of power back. And if nothing goes wrong, <laughs> it's not a big problem. We still got some of. Our, um, we still live comfortably, are happy, and have a, have our uh, power within our own grasp. I was, actu- <laughs> I was actually going to say as well that um, not only empowering in the sense of like seeing that you're going to be okay in terms of survival, but empowering in terms of you have your power in a way because economically that's the th- in life that's the things we give our power we do we give mm. we sort of everything sort of um sort of fed us and uh we obviously through um economic state you know like say yeah. we have to pay for our water we pay for our food yeah but like once you start living this sort of way of life you're in a way you free yourself from that oh, you, you completely yeah. break down yeah. so debt slavery is is a fairly um, emotive term but once you have a mortgage on a house you are a slave to that debt it's mm-hmm. a real thing um, so we were probably at the point as well of oh, are we, we've been renting for a long time are we mm. going to uh, stop renting that's dead money going to some big um, landlord somewhere who really doesn't need that amount of money. we should buy our own house but then you take on a massive debt and <laughs> the only people who get rich out of it really are the bankers on the other end. Um, we've found a different way. We don't have a mortgage. We live on our own land in in our own house without debt, without bills. And that is really liberating, really empowering. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it is. It seems as well. I mean, just looking around, obviously, the way you live in your life, for me, it's it's a breath of fresh air because this is something I always say about on the podcast, but this is something that I want to do at when I come here, I feel I look around and I'm feeling something inside tells me that this is this feels right, feels better than what I'm currently doing. Right, which what is where mean? people should be. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. Um, that's good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like that. Yeah. You, no, it really is. Nice. You can I'll, see a different way here. Yeah, oh, yeah, one hundred percent. And I wanted to ask you, what was the first steps in your process to that happened? Buying Just, the land, yeah, getting some land. Yeah. Uh, it, apart from deciding to buy that we needed a bit of land um, buying it was the first step and then once you have it it becomes more and more part of your life um, I, whether it works the same for everybody I don't know but once we started once we were here in the area you start coming up every day and then you start learning about how the land works and how it fits into the seasons and what changes with the weather and stuff like it's fascinating you know it's like a massive biology experiment mm. um and there, there wasn't much here when we it was just empty fields so we've now planted all the trees and when you've planted trees or you when you've planted anything and you watch it grow that's a really connecting 
experience, yeah. I think. Yeah. You, so we planted all these trees. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when you so just for the process because. I'm just trying to break it down for somebody who's interested, like very similar to myself mm. as well. This is sort right. of inside, yeah, okay. inside right, yeah, knowledge yeah. from myself. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to <laughs> ask the questions what I want to know as well. But do you, was it just a process of when you were living your old life where you're sort of Googling on the internet, land to buy and stuff like that? Yeah, or? it's just, I mean, all the normal estate agents have, have got land to buy as well as houses to buy. So um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just keeping an eye, well, finding an area that you want to, to, to buy land in. And we, we knew the area around here. Um, and you know wanted like a sea view um, so uh, yeah so then just keeping an eye on estate agent web pages and things like that um, and just land, know, just land is a bit out, tougher really. than mm. houses because often land changes hands privately without going through estate agent so um, there's, it's a, probably a bit harder but having said that we found this place through an estate agent yeah. um, and bought it pretty quickly yeah, done. So then you, so then you, you've bought you bought the land, and mm. then then what happens from there is a sort of legalities you've got to go through. Is a mm, well, we before you start sort of putting anything on the land or anything. Yeah. Um, well, well, agricultural. No. no, we bought it as agricultural land, and so on agricultural land, you're allowed to do agricultural things. So you know, so planting the trees and having the chickens on here like all of that was you don't have we don't have to go through anything to do that we just did it um it's then if you start putting more permanent looking structures and things like that that people might think that you're gonna going to live in because you don't have permission to live on the land you're allowed to camp for 28 days but you can't live there so um so then yeah. it's about if getting planning permission. Even a shed, people, you know, people might start, you know, some yeah. places think, well, you're gonna, you could make it bigger. It could be bigger than it people looks. People are really scared of sheds. They are actually, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Oh, sheds a are shed. a big thing. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, there's a whole bunch of stuff though that you can do without kind of talking to anybody. Um, yeah, it's when you start putting infrastructure in. So, so is the because I know a lot of people speak about how the process is. Sometimes you have to n not get a fixed structure, see like a caravan mm. or a or a motorhome, like you said, yeah, a tent. Yeah, if or it's temporary, some if people it's talk about yurts and things. Yeah, yeah. So if it's classed as temporary, that you can easily take it down, or if it's on wheels and you can move it, um, then you start entering into slightly more muddy waters of what's like an agricultural worker, yeah. and then you can stay for longer than twenty eight days. But that's that's going to depend on your local planning council really you know you have to start talking to them about that and they'll they have to be happy with how long you want to be on as a temporary worker and things like that that gets yeah or you just use the one planet development planning policy yeah which is really cool well. you, which yeah. is the the real breakthrough in wales which gives you the right to live on your land if you commit to ecological targets mm. uh, and and certain other targets but that's a that's a big shift. If you if you're going to take responsibility for your footprint as well as all the other things we do here, you're allowed permission to live on your land. That's amazing. So so we didn't we did everything above board. Um, we didn't um, do anything covert. We just applied for permission, satisfied the criteria, got permission, moved on. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about some of them sort of um, ecological needs that need to be met later yeah. on. But I wanted to just sort of ask you the try and because I'm trying what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to paint a picture of. Of mm. the of the, of the complete okay. steps, okay. Because obviously I know what I'm trying to think about in my own mind as okay. well. Okay, okay. But um, so when you obviously came to this, came to the land, sort of seeing you, like you said before, you can see you have the right to plant um yeah. plants and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. But um, did you was was there a process where you lived on the land in sort of a camper van or a caravan or anything prior to sort of putting this more fixed structure up? Not before getting planning permission. Uh, yeah. So oh. we bought the land. Um, started working the land for several years so the land had become part of our life um, and then applied for the permission got the permission and then we did want to move up as quickly as possible so it was we brought up an old horse lorry and a camper van and a couple of caravans created a sort of wagon fort out of them corralled in around a central open space so you are preppers <laughs> I guess yeah, we were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at that point it was just we, we didn't want to pay caravans. rent anymore yeah um and caravans are really quick to <laughs> to put in place yeah. you know you've got one you've got a room already um so 
that's that's the steps buy land fall in love with it <laughs> and fight to live on it yeah and then yeah. however long it takes what, what you'll was, eventually get there yeah I like that what was the what was the sort of you said you have to fight for it but what was the legal process like was it a long grueling process it Yes, uh, it was. <laughs> I think, but not to put people off because it was for us. But we were very early on in the whole planning thing. There were lots. There were not not lots. There were a few before us that had been turned down and that kind of thing. Whereas now, all the Welsh, you know, because it's just a Welsh planning policy. All the local planning authorities are getting much more used to it, and uh, you know, m- many more people are flying through the planning application and getting um and getting permission like much much quicker than than we did um ours took a long time because not the actual putting in the application and getting planning that didn't take long at all it was the writing the planning application that took a long time yeah you have to write a very in-depth planning uh, management plan for the land so ours is 100 pages of of how you're going to manage that land for the next five years which is a is a fairly um, big undertaking to write that and explain how you're going to make your electricity and get your water and uh, increase biodiversity and all those sorts of things. So, writing these management, it's probably easier to build a supermarket up here than it is to mm. <laughs> to get planning permission for a one planet development. Yeah. You need all sorts of ecological survey reports and visual impact assessments. It's it's a pretty um, involved task. But it is getting easier. There are blueprints out there now from people who've already done it. So take that knowledge and then you can form your own a bit quicker, hopefully. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, I want to ask you, yeah, when you've seen before about the income off the land, yeah. you have to like sort of cr- uh, create um, create sort of a revenue to sort of, um, to sort of, what's the word, to legally sort of... To justify. Yeah, to justify, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the planning policy has a... Uh, a fairly arbitrary list of basic requirements that you must fund by selling produce from the land um, it's things like council tax um, vehicle else. costs clothing and IT and um, internet mobile phones uh, they're just plucked out of a list of things you might possibly spend money on But the, so the planning policy is a bit arbitrary but it gives you a basic target um if you'll make if you can make about 500 quid a month off your land as a very benchmark figure you that'll probably satisfy those and you've met that target Mm. so so what sort of things are you are you doing we sell um chicken eggs and um honey and beeswax products from the site um, we're still on a, we've got five years to reach our target so we're only in year two so we've still got time to build up the business um, and we're, we're restocking with chickens having had a little break but I don't see any problem meeting that target yeah, yeah. is that ever just is that like ever a stressful process or people thinking like oh, I'll never be able to meet that meet that or is it something that you feel that everyone could potentially do if they do it correctly yeah, I think yeah, people I think could do it. Good. It's yeah. tough. You have to become a salesperson and a, a businessman, and uh, you have to learn skills that you may not or- already have for working the land or looking after livestock or all those kind of things. But again, easy is staying where you are and yeah. not doing anything different. If you're scared of changing things up a bit and learning a few new things, then this isn't the lifestyle for you. But... If, I think for us, when a lot of this was, I don't know how I'm going to do any of it. I just know I'm going to do it somehow. And it still feels the same. Um, we can't really predict the future for the next three years, but I know I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. No, I like, I like that because it's just because I'm just trying to, like I said, I'm trying to break it down just to justify myself again. Because it feels like I'm grilling you sort of see. No, you know it's I mean? fine. But I just want to get the best out of you because yeah. it's just, I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast aren't, I know they're interested in this. And like I said, from a selfish point of view, I'm interested as well. <laughs> but it's just when you think of the process in your mind now, there's sort of a, just like anything in life, whatever creative endeavor or whatever thing you do, you have this black spot because you can't really put together all the pictures. Mm. Was it like that for you? You just it is, it is. sort of process unfold. Yeah, I yeah. think you have to think about it in a sort of. There's a million reasons not to do this, um, and you, there's no way you can predict how you're going to do it. But if it feels, if you are compelled to do it then you'll find a way um it's that sort of belief in your own abilities to adapt and learn 
and make mistakes. Oh my God, we made so many mistakes, and that's okay. That's an, uh, that's the process. What, what, are, what are some of the mistakes that you made? Oh you man, I'm, <laughs> this place has been reorganised so many times. I'll put. We've had so much fencing in 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 this field where mm. I've fenced off areas for um, livestock and and. Um, uh, vegetable growing and then I've ripped them all up put them somewhere else because you realised it's just a really silly place for like for wind or it's being exposed and nothing's going to grow and the chickens are in the wrong place and this, this bit of field gets really muddy in the winter so the chickens are just like splashing around in the mud so you're like no right we'll have to move all of that and yeah yeah it's just you know it's just the, going through the process really the thing is if you start somewhere so start somewhere and then you see how you can improve it and then you work out if you, you can improve it and even more so that's how all of this has happened we just okay for instance we've made a biodigester um which turns our food waste into cooking gas brilliant but it didn't work when we first no. started it um but we had made the structure we'd had a go and we had it all basically in place it just took a bit of tinkering and we got it going so we we never really expect to get anything right on the first go. <laughs> yeah, we just um, start somewhere, and then you can work out how it needs to be improved. What are some of the? And obviously, I know this is. It's, it's like saying asking someone what you do. You know, you know what I mean? The question of what you do. Well, how do you make <laughs> money? But what sort of bills do you, um, do, you ha- do you have? If you're okay talking about that. Yeah. Well, we have. So we have. Um, we have council tax. We still have council tax. TV license. Um, and then we have yeah TV license phone bills. Um, car insurance there's yes, just no insurance. utility bills so we have car no gas happens. electricity water bills um, or rent or mortgage because we own the place outright so we don't have any of yeah. that um, so we've reduced our outgoing so much that um, we don't need to earn anywhere near as much as we did when we cool. were living in a conventional way yeah know? so that's the thing you don't have to make that much money off the land because there's not that much that you have to you know you have to pay with it really um, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot less, isn't it? Do you, yeah. ha- do you have your own? Uh, you said you don't pay for water. Then do you have your own well, well as well. Streams. We've got two oh, streams, streams well. and then we try and collect as much rainwater as we can. We're still developing the rainwater collection system, um, but we get a lot of rain in Wales. So yeah, <laughs> it's rain today as well. Yeah, we, we, yeah. Th- there's no need for us to run out of water. That's for sure. Do you, do you have like a system that, that cleans the water and stuff as well? Or yeah, we've got a yeah. couple of filters. Are you just hardcore and just... Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we have been. We've been we just were. drinking stream water yeah. for two years. Um, we were, but um, but no, we've put a filter in now, haven't we? It wasn't. It was still really good water, though. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. I think it, this uh, just above us used to be the reservoir for the town. So people have been drinking this water for generations. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Has it changed the way you sort of you view um, waste and things like that as well? Your relationship with that? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, also, you know, like the um, the toilet. You know, we don't have a flush. Don't have a flush toilet. We've got a compost, compost. toilet. Um, uh, yeah, and just you know, yeah, thinking thinking about that, and and yeah, and where our water goes, where you shower and you're washing up water goes. So we've built a little reed bed system, so the water goes through um, and and comes out clean the other end and then just goes down the hill onto the plants um but yeah yeah it's really we've really thought about waste now all sorts of waste we yeah. basically love recycling junk um so the house is basically made up of waste <laughs> describe that for people who don't know because it is it is visually when you walk up to it it is i'm going to put some uh, if i if that's all right i'll put mm. some pictures in the show notes yeah, okay yeah. But visually, when you walk up to it, it it's very um, sort of striking as well, the way it looks and sort of different components to it and things. Mm, yeah. Could you describe that for people who don't know? Okay. Well, we started with a, a horse lorry that we brought up and put in place, um, levelled, and then just covered in scrap wood. Um, then there was a camper van, which is now our bedroom. Um, again, levelled and covered in scrap wood. <laughs> and then it's kind of grown from there. We've now added a couple of big flatbed trailers and built um, a sort of a small bungalow on top of those um, really we use a bit of plywood and things like that but um, we like to use a lot of recycled material where we can so there's a lot of um, barrels and IBC tanks and um, scrap firewood recycled pallet wood all that sort of stuff and it ages really well I love covering a place in sort of almost rotting wood (laughs) it becomes a live um, a living uh, entity in itself when yeah. you've covered it in 
wood and there's moss growing on it and lichen and we've got bats living in the side of the horse lorry now i love feeling that happening and um everything coming to life have you had to like sort of sacrifice any any sort of aspects of your of the of your old Monday life to to live here would you say no not not the way no, we live not really i mean well, um, we had more disposable income I, even after bills and rent and stuff like that we were earning more and had more disposable income so we've given that up but but no not even you know we, we've got the solar panels for electricity um and so when it last winter it was really gray and murky and we didn't get that much um electricity but we still you know charge our phones and we've got a laptop and we've got um you know little televisions and dvd player and um we just don't so do the things we yeah took for granted back then we don't travel anywhere near as much as we did mm. um we don't we don't really travel at all actually but we've based ourselves in a place that um we've kind of feel on holiday permanently almost yeah. it's a beautiful place um so we can we don't need to travel as much um but it, it, i guess i perhaps miss that exploring adventuring a little bit but we can't all do we can't keep doing that forever yeah you're right there uh, well, uh, question i want to ask is why is everyone not doing this for because <laughs> i think i don't know get on with it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely just because you were saying before i know you had you have certain um communities of people come and have a look and take a peek in sort of your lifestyle which i think is really great because obviously you're inviting people in you're inviting me in your home to to see and and see your, your way of life and obviously your children's there and stuff which i think it's really sort of um I'm really grateful for for that opportunity as well. But were you saying before that people are coming into this into your environment? Are you seeing a a new wave of sort of like people more people wanting to to understand this process? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think definitely with the all the you know climate climate change in the news um, as well. I think um, yeah, people are feeling they need to become a bit more self reliant. I think they do, but people have been interested in doing this for a while. It's just that mm. big leap. Um, it takes a lot to actually go for it uh, and people as I said can find a million reasons not to do it and they shouldn't it's just, mm. it's just get on with it if it's what you want to do go for it yeah definitely how, yeah. how does how does yeah, um, like your children react to this sort of this lifestyle I mean they probably don't know any different but well yeah the, yeah, that's the thing when they grow up they'll, be, they'll understand how actually more rich it is <laughs> yeah well hopefully they'll yeah, probably take it for granted exactly they'll want to go to central London and live there yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> and see them running after the city um, I, f I mean I, I don't know obviously yeah no we go go and see go and see friends and school friends and things like that um and therefore got more normal houses but i don't think um you haven't, haven't said anything what do you think do you like do you like living here do you like having a bit of a different house yeah yeah is it all right yeah <laughs> okay good <laughs> you still get to watch your movies and um play in your room and all those things don't you you're all right mm-hmm mm -hmm. One, one day she'll understand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She, even if it, she gets, uh, even if it takes her get about thirty or forty years old, yeah. she'll yeah. one day she'll go. Ah, <laughs> that's oh, what I that was. <laughs> but even the what? toilets, we've got different toilets to school, haven't we? But you don't mind our toilets, do you? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> do you, do you, do you in the in the future as well? Do you plan on sort of? Is it? I know you like you said before. I know you're not people who are pushy on you on your kids and things like that, but. Like you said before, she might just run off to London or whatever. Yeah. But do you do you foresee in the would you love a vision in the future where this where the land itself gets passed down to your children and this mm. is something that carries on? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, I'd yeah, love definitely. them to kind of do it next door. I think we've lost community quite a lot in in the, in the country in general, but us in particular, we once we'd been to university, you qualify with all those people, and then everybody goes their separate ways and. You end up in a sort of we're a very atomized society. I'd love mm. these guys to stick around, and we they maybe farm the next door patch, and we yeah. really create that sort of village environment that mm. people used to have, rather than everybody go their separate ways and see each other once or twice a year. It's funny because when you were saying the community aspect before, and even there's there's something within me now when I'm around like the place where I live in um, Durham, 
and there's there's this sense where I don't have that community feel even though you've mm. got people you've got neighbours next door to you and so many people around you and it's still it's not there anymore it's not no, you know, someone yeah. could go travel in the world by themselves and they say they're lonely but at the same time there's so many people who's lonely in yeah, surrounded by people, but actually, yeah, still feel lonely. Yeah, there's a, lon- there's a loneliness a epidemic in cities where there's yeah. more people than ever before. Well, they, yeah, they don't have a close connection. Really, that's what you that's what you want, isn't it? And that's what yeah, we want. Be nicer to go back to having community of close, you know, family and friends, and you all you share life together rather together. than visiting each other. I mm. think that's that's a big distinction for us. Yeah. I mean, we love to see people, but they're visitors to our lives rather than part of our lives. And um, if these guys could go away, I'm sure they'll go away, but then come back again and be part of our lives, that would be lovely. Mm. I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to see you again? Oh, yeah, the aspect of, like you said before, I know you said before you was both, um, you've both had normal jobs and stuff, but was the, prior to living off grid and stuff, did you ever. Did you ever live in a van, or did you dabble in a, an alternative, different type of lifestyle? Any any periods of your life, or was it just a case of bang? No, that's this is what we want now. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't. I drove to Iceland mm. in an old a Land Rover and just drove around there, but only for a couple of months. Um, maybe that is it part of the seeding process for this whole idea. I, you know, I really enjoyed that. There's a freedom to just going on a road trip. Maybe that was part of it, but I, there was nothing particularly no. outrageous anywhere. Was there no sort of like documentaries or anything you've come across or stumbled across, or was it more of a, just an internal thing? I guess there was. It was a bit of both. There would have been documentaries and stuff. You know, you can get lost in the internet with other people's stories and the things they're doing. But also, it was coming from internally as well. I don't think you would do this if there isn't a fire inside to do something like this. Mm. But yeah. Kevin McLeod did a, <laughs> a, 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 a something called Man Made Home, I think, where he just made in a shed in a field out of junk, and it, but that that was slightly inspira- an inspiration for what we've done here. That whole just use what you've got. We'll, we'll find and use the things that are around us rather than everything's got to be bespoke and made out of certain materials. We just adapt to what we have. I love that. Do you do you, do you feel more? do you feel more free I know three's a a big sort of sticky word but do you just get that I think you know what I mean when I, when I say the mm. word free do you just feel more free being in this living here yes yeah definitely yes yeah yeah. free without particularly not having a mortgage particularly not having bills and rent and stuff like that that's a we're in control of ourselves here mm. a lot more it's hard um, but it's ours we're not we don't owe anybody anything to be here and mm-hmm. that's a nice feeling yeah I love that I think we'll leave it there <laughs> cool conversation by the way really cool <laughs> so now, I've t- now I've got this on record and I'm going to listen to it back and I'm going to live off grid yeah <laughs> definitely do it thanks do for it. giving us all the insights <laughs> <laughs> do it yeah off grid is great it's, it's, a really sh- it's a shame that this is only a Welsh planning thing you know it should be UK Really? Do you foresee it spreading in the in the future? Yeah, I hope I so, know. but I don't know how the planet. I don't know how it even exists in Wales. <laughs> the, I think yeah. the political will required to get a policy yeah, like this through the system thing. and actually into law, the, the the gods must have been looking down at some point because um, it. I don't know how it exists. That's the thing. No fire's got to start somewhere. So well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a particularly. Um, uh, sympathetic person in government at the time, somebody writing the right plan. I don't know how it got there, but it got there. We'll take advantage of it. Brilliant. <laughs> Whether you, I can't imagine get, getting through Westminster in the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank God for Wales. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, you are doing this now, and even just, even just the, the uh, sort of spark and the idea and the creativity in someone else's mind. Mm. Who knows what can happen? Who yeah. knows who listens yeah. to Because you, sometimes you don't know even who listens to a podcast. It could be someone who's yeah. in a political position and, and stuff mm. like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, but then, but if you're listening, the, get it done. Do yeah, it. Get do it, 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 it done <laughs> now. Do it. The whole world needs this. <laughs> yeah, and give me a piece of land for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I guess even in the UK, you don't have to have the the this type of planning to live um, out in open countryside. You could buy a small holding that's got 
Yeah, you know, but then still you need three hundred thousand quid, grid. And, yeah. and you still have to pay all the bills. The beauty of this is, it's yeah, from exactly. scratch. It's made of <laughs> junk. It didn't cost very much, and it supplies all our needs without yeah. bills. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, I guess if you buy somewhere that much, you're still gonna have a mortgage, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So buy a piece of land and put a and put a year on it and build it up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. How controversial can we be on this website, <laughs> on this podcast? Um, Do it. Controversial as you want. I, I, <laughs> for me, I love the idea of Extinction. I love Extinction Rebellion. I love what they're doing. I like that it's this sort of grassroots movement, that there's no money really involved in it. It's just uh, angry, motivated people saying things and actually achieving some sort of cultural shift. What I'd like almost is for one planet living to be a, an active rebellion. The system really doesn't want us to do it. It wants us to, you know, get the mortgage, become part of the economic system. Um, I'd love it that living this way was an act of rebellion. Living within our planetary means and off-grid under your own power and um, resources would be <laughs> considered a, 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 an act of re rebellion in the same way that going and lying on the road in... Waterloo might be. Yeah, I always, I always say it. Um, we'll bring it around soon as well. But I always say that that in life, some of the most dangerous people aren't the ones who sort of shout the loudest, but the ones who actually take action. Mm -hmm. And mm. do you know what I mean? There's a, and I think something like an act like this, this is more dangerous than than a thousand people shouting mm. because this is a, a a real great step to to, to actually doing forward, something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if this was, if we were doing this as an act of civil disobedience. What if we hadn't got planning? If we hadn't just got planning, it. we were yeah. just doing what we have to do mm. because of what the scientists are telling us, and so I, that would be—I'd I'd perhaps even feel better than I do now. I'm pleased we're doing it, and I don't think there's any way we'd have got—we'd have be able to do it without that planning permission. But could have, I could have came up on the drive, and you could have been chained to the fence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. doing a podcast chained to the fence. Yeah. <laughs> but. Let us live on the land. <laughs> <laughs> this, the the current society, current system has made this necessary. Um, I don't like the fact we then have to ask permission to do what is necessary to reduce the impacts we're having. So um, buy a camper van, go and live on a field. <laughs> <laughs> and if enough people do it, the system gets overwhelmed and you'll, you'll probably be left alone again. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time, really. really no, a pleasure. that's all right. Pleasure. Thanks for coming up. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that. I really tried my best to really scrape and ask loads of different questions that really covers the whole grasp of this picture. Because like I said in the podcast, from a selfish point of view, this is something that I'm interested in. I know a lot of you guys are also interested in it. So I hope you liked my questions, how I really did sort of go to the nitty gritty of this one. Because I really wanted to paint a good picture and give you guys some inspiration and understanding of this topic. So I hope you liked it anyway. If you want to support the podcast, please check out the Patreon page. Also have a one-off donation option on the on the Ascend podcast website. The Patreon page is the best way to support the podcast. It helps me to keep doing what I'm doing. And if you want to see me to keep doing this, all I'm asking of you is if you can find it in your heart and check out the Patreon page. So anyway, I love you all. And just to play this conversation out, I'm going to play a cool song called, I think it's pronounced Boa Sortier. It's a foreign song. It's really cool. It's by a lady called Vanessa Dalla, Da Morta. I think it is, or, or Da Mata. I'm not too sure. But anyway, it's a cool song, and I'm sure you'll find it if you want to find the song afterwards. So uh, anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch you next week, as always. Peace out, people.
luck I have nothing left to say It's only words And what I feel Won't change Tudo que quer me dar Everything you want é to mais. give me It's é too much It's heavy There's que no peace All you want from me Is real expectation Só 